Hello, everybody. This is Alex Barthet with the Lean Zone podcast. Today, we're going to talk about finding construction managers and why it is so hard to do in this market. And with us today, we have not just an expert, but probably one of the premier experts in this area who's dedicated more than two decades um, to it. Um, and that's Suzanne. Suzanne, how are you today? I'm great, Alex. Thank you for having me. No problem. So tell us a little bit about yourself and Florida Construction Connection. Okay. Um, I started Florida Construction Connection in 2004 after ending up in a starting a construction division for a national staffing firm, um, coming off the road, being in construction myself, starting in trade school and high school, and then doing commercial interiors for 10 years. And in 2004, bought out the division and started Florida Construction Connection because of the need for more career matchmaking and getting to know both sides personally versus pushing paper in the industry. And then that led to uh, my certifications with both uh, DISC coaching through Wiley and John Maxwell to, in order to be able to help others identify themselves to be able to better find the match and the culture and environment because of all of the different diverse opportunities within the field of construction management. And I guess 28 years later and thousands of people and successful matches and, and our, our brand strategists and and uh, people that measure the KPIs it, um, have come back and said that we have a 80% or better um, match of the uh, within either the first or second candidate that we send to the employer to hire because we do a lot of the legwork for them up front. And, and then we have, um, I guess my record right now is I have a couple of candidates that have grown within their organization and been with them over 20, um, 25 years and with the companies. And um, those people or some of them are now retiring and retiring out of the system and have mentored other people to come up behind them that we've, we've placed with the companies. That's a great track record. You know, the the question that I get um, or hear clients talk about is just finding people. And I know your your methodology is is different, right? Which is not finding anybody, but finding the right person. But to find the right person, you actually have to find a person. So why don't you start by telling us a little bit about the current state of the market for construction professionals? Um, and what you're seeing on the front lines. Um, according to the Department of Labor, there's uh, construction managers are projected to grow or the position of construction manager projected to grow 11% between now and 2030. There's approximately 38,900 openings for construction managers projected each year on average um, um, and, and going to be that number over the, the next decade if we don't solve our, you know, the staffing challenges. And so from a university, you know, standpoint, just to put that in, in perspective, there's about 3,500 um, 
approximately 3,500 projected growth rate, less um, than 5% a year that they're filling. So they have a shortage of about 10,000 people per year graduating with a construction management degree to the attrition rate of construction managers and needed to fill, which of course, as you heard, was almost 40,000 a year. And are, and are you seeing that in like in in your day-to-day activities dealing with your clients? We, we are. We're seeing um, that amongst other challenges. Now, people that don't have construction management degrees, of course, engineering, architectural business, you know, they're, they're coming into the industry and, and taking a construction management career path. There's just pros and cons of depending on which environment they end up in because they're not getting the studies on, you know, your traditional construction administration and, and the processes, but they may have strengths in other areas of value engineering, design, you know, working with the consultants. So it's really a balance of, um, you know, the skill set that goes with the formal education and then the work experience and foundation and, and what they're, what has driven them into the industry to begin with and what gets them up every morning to be excited about being part of the industry. So, you know, the, the title of this po- podcast is, you know, why is it so hard to find construction managers? And, you know, the, the easy answer, I guess, is that there's just not enough of them. But then that leads to the question, so what can someone do? So if I have a construction business, I am um, actively looking for construction managers. Um, where where do I look? Where, where do I find these folks? Um, you know, in South Florida, there was, you know, talk of, uh, you know, a recent large general contractor that has um, stopped working. I, you know, I figured that would alleviate some of the need as those people moved around. Um, but where what is someone supposed to do if I own a construction company? Um, well, I think there's a bigger, the biggest, the first step, both companies and individuals, and this is what our program's all about, is they need to identify what that right match is. And it's very similar, you know, to dating, is there is a cultural, there's a culture within every organization. So it's very different for a company that is is a large, like you mentioned, the one um, that moved out of South Florida. It's it's a very different cultural environment than if somebody was going to go to work for a local small business contractor here. They may be working on similar projects of similar scope, but the processes, procedures, how the people relate to each other um, are going to be very different. And, and that's the part that each company really uh, if they the closer the better they can identify that, then the better they can identify when they see a match because paper is very deceiving. One of my one of my sayings is is the best people on paper are sometimes the worst when you get them into the workforce, and then you have others that are terrible on paper and and yet they're superstars. They just didn't they didn't know how to. Um, you know, how to articulate that onto, you know, onto the paper. So if you, if you, I mean, you've been doing this a long time. Have you, have you found some 
you know, key points that would allow someone to identify the not so great person on paper, the, the, the hidden gem? Um, yes, because, uh, a lot of it is, you know, the, the question you ask and the way you ask the question determines how you get the answer and what answer you get. And so, you know, the person that's starting off with the individuals has to be able to ask the question and, or frame the question. It's, it's probably very similar to, you know, in, you know, the, the legal business when you're deposing somebody, sure. you know, how, how you ask that question, it determines how they're going to answer it. If they answer it in, in a way that comes back, not what you were expecting, then you have to be able to go back and clarify that because you could either be missing somebody that could be, you know, wonderful for, you know, for your company in, um, or, or vice versa, you know, that's, that's the piece. And then references speak volumes. If you take time to do references and not ask, not from people that are going to say something good about them, no matter what, you have to look for the people that are going to have no reason to say anything good about them, except for they did their job. Right. So, 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 so asking, <laughs> you know, getting a reference from their mother doesn't help. Um, it does not. It has to be people they've worked. Like our, our saying is three to five references of people you've worked directly for or directly with that you don't necessarily stay in contact with on a regular basis today. But we could call them and they could verify what you were responsible for, how you interacted in the workplace, what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are. And then and then what we use that for is to be able to look at the patterns. So if you have three people that say the same thing, like um, he tends to be too nice. OK. And and so, you know, you might say, well, great, the guy's nice. Well, you got to look at the position that you're putting him into. And if he's the person who needs to hold people accountable or, or have tough conversations, he may not be able to do that. And that may cause him to fail in the role that he's going to be in, in management with your firm. And, and those are the, and then responsible because there's a big difference. Construction is one of those industries where you can have a, somebody who's titled project manager with one company and, um, and then with another company, they would not even be necessarily in the category of an assistant project manager or barely an assistant project manager based on what they've been responsible for. So that's where hiring for the construction industry is a, is a challenge because if you have people within your organization that don't, um, you know, know what to look for beyond title, beyond um, who they've worked for, or they don't know the companies. That's kind of the advantage that we have is we know the structure of many of the companies throughout Florida and especially here in South Florida. So when a resume comes in and, you know, that person looks like that they might be a potential for, um, you know, one of the larger companies, we can look down and go, you know, he's never worked in that environment. It's possible, but let's look at where his 
the rest of his soft skills are and 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 you know is, does he have the formal education you know some of the things that they're going to look for within a uh, more sophisticated organization of all the things that you have found over the years is it fair to say that um references are probably the best indicator of a potential applicant's future success? Um, yes and no, the right references are. Right, of course. Okay, so that's that's the piece that, um, you know, we, and, and, and I'll just tell you, we've been doing it a long time, but even when I onboard new, new people that I implement within that process of pre-qualifying people, sometimes they are, you know, they haven't, if they haven't done their homework to see what that relationship is or, um, you know, or dug in further when a, when a reference has, has made a comment about something, I, you know, many times I'll send them back or I'll say, can you put that reference on the phone with me? Because I want to ask them this to make sure that that's not going to be a red flag you know, when they go to, when they go to work for the company, or I want to address that with the hiring manager and, and make sure. So that's a big, you know, that's a big, um, it's, it's really, if I had to say the perfect scenario and the best companies that I work with, they have a lead person that um, non-HR somebody who's in the front lines of battle in the, in the hiring, um, typically one for what we call front of the house and one for back of the house, that they, they are the expert for the company that will, you know, be there to answer or be involved in, you know, who's going to fit within the company. And then they're running their processes with human resources and they're running their processes with whoever is going to be the direct supervisor of that person that they're hiring. And they're involved in a team process to ensure that that person is not only going to fit within the company, have the skill set that the company looks for, but they're also going to have the buy-in from whatever manager is going to be responsible for getting that person um, through what we call the honeymoon period, which is the you know the first ninety days and acclimating with the company. Right. So where are the um... Where's the best place to find um, construction managers? Um, I know your philosophy is that you typically, I'm not sure, if, is it that you only recruit people that are currently employed or you, um, is, that, is that a strong indicator, meaning not recruiting from people that have been unemployed for extended period of time? But what we look for is both sides being in a position to say no. Okay, so it's a lot like dating where if you, uh, you know, if you don't have a job and your income and you don't have money, you know, a savings in, in the bank account that can give you time to date and find that right opportunity, then everybody looks good. And you're going to tell people things or, or, you know, be try to get that opportunity, whether it's the right match or not, because you're hearing, I need a job, I need a job, I need a job, you know, and, and you're where if you have a candidate 
who is typically currently employed or they have a, you know, then they're going to be a little more selective and they're going to go into the interview process with having a conversation back and forth to make sure that they're mutually in agreement of what, what the relationship's going to look, look like. And, and we've seen psychologically, so a lot of times if we, we don't not work with unemployed people, but what we might say to them is go get a job and then we'll help you find a career. Right. Because once they have a paycheck coming, then they think and, and behave so much differently. And, and I've seen that firsthand because I've been around relatives and family members that have lost their jobs and been unemployed. And they, and you know, every second they're waiting to hear back, you know, are they going to, are they going to call me back? Am I going to get this? Am I going to get that? But currently employed candidates and the top candidates are are focused on their job and doing what they're doing. And, and then they're more concerned with, Hey, will they meet me at five 30 at night? Because I don't want to leave. I don't want to let, um, you know, I need to be here on the project right. and they're hundred percent engaged, which also tells you about their, their soft skills going into the new job there. If they're going to do that when they know they're leaving, they're going to, you know, when, when your relationship ends, because employment a lot of times isn't forever, it's, it's for, you know, the life of the cycle of, of the match. And, and they're going to leave you with being able to, um, you know, put the bow on the package. Right. Right. That all, all of that makes sense. Um, the, the skill set you were talking about for construction managers, what is the, you know, is it, you mentioned the idea that it, they don't have to have a construction management degree. You're seeing things, uh, uh, you're seeing construction managers come with other um, experiences and uh, professional degrees. Is there a reason that um, one happens to do better than the other generically, right? I mean, I know it's all different depending on the, the, the actual job or the, the, the business that they go in. But do you see more success on the construction manager side for those that um, have the degree versus don't? They ha- well, I guess the it's the combination. So the degree is one tool in the toolbox. So on on the program advisory committees, and when I work with the different universities to help them with. Um, you know, educating the students on the different opportunities and, and doing their resumes. The big piece is if, if you have somebody in construction management that's gone to university for four years to get a bachelor's degree and then even stayed another two years to do a master's, but they've never worked in the industry or they've done maybe one internship and then they say, you know, I, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't work because I had to study. Well, our industry is wired where people do handle a large workload and have to change and shift gears on, you know, on a dime. And so it's going to be very difficult for them in certain market segments of the construction industry to gain that level of experience where if they had been working, you know, while going to school and, and 
getting as much field experience along with or field or office experience, um, working experience while obtaining that degree, it makes them that much more valuable when, when they, when they complete that degree and want to climb up the pay scale. So it's a, it's a balance of both. And, and that's, what's the biggest difference in, um, you know, in getting them, getting the managers. It's not so much of, of, um, you know, we have a saying skill can be taught attitude and aptitude can't. So it's, it has to do with what they're willing to do, um, what they're, what they're capable of doing, what they can take on. Um, and, and so each there is, everybody is, and in each individual, there's a place for them in the industry, but that place may, might not be your traditional path of, of starting as a field engineer, project engineer, going into APM, then, and then deciding if they're going to do, um, you know, some time in pre-construction and project, and then project management. And, and that may be not, not be their path. It may be somebody that may remain in a, um, may go into another, uh, you know, another overlapping, whether it's working for a municipality and whether it's working for a program management firm, working in project management for an architectural firm. You know, there's there's many different segments besides the traditional. And then there's also civil bridge you know, roadway, there's, uh, there's um, track home, production home world versus custom home. And, and um, on, on that right. side, all the yeah. way up each, to high each of them, <laughs> each of each of them requiring a different skill set. Um, going Correct. back to going back to your point that, you know, one project manager at one company that, that may be the best one, maybe the worst one at another company. Correct. Um, and then the biggest one we see is people that want to switch out of the civil and, and working with DOT and Department of Transportation. And now they want to go to the vertical side and and the processes, the systems, the people that they work with, um, the consultants, all of those people are, are totally different. It's, it's probably so, like starting a whole nother career. I mean, they are they, you're both in construction, but it's it they could not be more different from one another correct so the only thing that really crosses is the love of the industry itself and your soft skills right right so let me let me end with this question um we've got all these folks coming out of uh different universities with construction management degrees they are probably all getting uh currently in this market wooed um and wind and dine because there's such a shortage. What can someone do that, um, you know, may not have the wherewithal to compete with the large, you know, national or regional GCs um, or construction companies to try to engage with or find a new hire coming out of a construction management program? Are there things that you see that work or that don't work? Yeah, I, I think it takes takes us back to the first, you know, where I said, be genuine, you know, know who you are, tell, tell them, you know, 
who you are, where they're going to go and be able to spell out that career path that they would have with you, who's going to be the person that they'll have for to go to for questions, mentorship. I think what happens with a lot of the companies that have marketing departments and a lot of executives that are involved in hiring full time, that they have the attrition rate because the execs sell them you know, on coming to work for the company, but then when they get into working for the company, they really are not working directly for those people. And it's a very different picture than what was sold to them, you know, when, when they were on interview. And so having that alignment of what on the organizational chart of who, who are we as a company Okay, where does this person fit into the organizational chart? And then what are our core values and and where will that align, um, you know, within his department and and delivering the mission, the overall mission and vision of the company? That's going to help them to not only and and our saying is it's not just the hunt, it's the catch and the keep. So even if you hire somebody you then have to be able to bring them on meeting aligning expectations and then to keep them that's going to be sticking with what you said you were going to do or what they were going to be achieving and and a lot of times what happens is people hear something on interview that isn't exactly what the person interviewing said and so that's where putting everything in backup in writing makes a big difference. It's, hey, you're, we're going to start you at this base salary. It's going to be paid weekly, biweekly, whatever it's going to be. Your next opportunity to review that is going to be, you know, here, because otherwise that's where the the personalities come in or people trying to, um, they hope individuals even hold companies hostage where they'll be in the middle of a project in construction and go, you need to pay me more money or I'm leaving. And that's the worst place a company can be in. Because right. Because, they... because the, the, the worst, the worst, <laughs> the only thing worse than having an open spot that you want to fill is filling it with the wrong person. Yes. And, or being in the middle of a project and having all that historical data and, that the person has and, and, you know, the team going smoothly and all of a sudden somebody, somebody has decided that, you know, they don't like the agreement that they had. So it's, it's very, any relationship is really along the way checking to make sure they, they're, they're bought in to what, you know, what's happening and, 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 and where things are going. And does it look like what we talked about? Right. And that's the biggest piece on, you know, on the, you know, keeping people in the, in the seats and every company is going to, doesn't matter how long you've been in business, how long, you, how many people you've hired, it, it, you know, people are people. So there's going to be a certain amount of them that you're going to look back and go, oh, I should have known that, or should have seen that you can't beat yourself up. You just have to get better at um, you know, at, at asking the questions future as your company shifts and aligns and, and does that. And then just to answer where to find construction managers is everywhere. Because um, I know you asked that and we didn't directly do it. 
but aligning yourself with um, somebody who is doing it full time, like like our firm, how we do it with clients, that helps them. But also companies will get direct referrals. They'll get people within their organization that that will refer. Um, they'll they'll place ads themselves. I mean, if whoever comes to you, there's different ways. Then the, the really the big part of it is who is pre-qualifying those people, pre-qualification. Right. And in making that decision so that you have a measurement tool uh, before you bring them in the door. Well, um, Suzanne, I really appreciate you taking the time to share your knowledge and expertise with our listeners. If folks wanted to get a hold of you, um, in addition to the information we'll put in the show notes, what's the best way for them to contact you? They can go to floridaconstructionconnection.com or they can call us at 305-361-0094 and um, schedule a, a time to either speak directly with me or one of the other team members. Fantastic. Um, again, Suzanne, thank you very much for taking the time, everybody. Um, thank you, we'll Alex. Catch, you're very welcome. We'll catch you next time on the next episode of the Lean Zone podcast.